thing in the middle of Perak Beis. What the Altareb is explaining here in Perak Beis is the concept of the Shera, the Sherish, the root of the Jewish soul, the Nefesh HaLakis, the Nefesh HaShenis. The Altareb has explained that the Nefesh HaShenis, the Jewish soul, comes from the essence of God. That's what Altareb explained. Altareb explained, gave an example based on the Zoyer, that it's it's blowing from the inside of the de- the depth of of, of the the Abishter, so to speak. It's being blown out from the depth of God, and it comes into existence in that form. And then the Altarebbe started giving a marshal. The Altarebbe says Kamel Derech Marshal. He says like Neshamas Yisrael, like the Jewish souls that are all about that they come from God, from the brain of of from Chachma of God, like a son comes from the Chachma of the Father. Now the Alter Rebbe puts in a few lines over here that needs a lot of explanation. So what I want to do, at least for within the 15-20 minutes of this, this class, to try to at least break down some of the basic core ideas of what these few lines are, are meaning. It's one of the more deeper fundamental concepts in Chassidus. And the Alter Rebbe addresses it here. He mentions it in a few other places. He, disper- he, he, he sparsely mentions this idea in a few other places. But um, it's a very foundational point in Hasidus. And um, if you want to actually uh, study it properly, it's best probably to learn the Tzamech Tzedek's Derech Mitzvah Mitzvah Hamonis Alakus from chapter 3 to like chapter 9. That's what Tzamech Tzedek gets into this very in-depth. But what is, what is the basic points over here? So let's understand a little bit about God and godliness from before Chassidus' perspective. Let's understand it historically for a second, okay? Historically speaking, what was God? What did, what did the early uh, people believe of God? What did they know of God? Who was God? I'm talking about Yidin. What was the belief of God? So it was even in the thought that God was some sort of physical thing, right? God had a hand, right? There was, there was, there was even a belief that, so to speak, God was a, was, was a physical being. The Pesach says, beyond Chazaka, he took us out of with a strong hand, etc., etc. It shows in part in, uh, by Moshe, Hashem showed him his back. Right, so they, they use what we know as we call it in English, anthropomorphical descriptions of God. But... The idea is the concept of God was sort of like this sort of this like master mighty power or energy, right? That was sort of the concept of God. Now, philosophy came along and philosophy said, God, if we truly understand what God is, it's impossible for God to have any physical form. It's impossible for God to have any type of <clears throat> even relationship with the physical reality. Because once you do that, you make God limited. And if you look in the Rambam, in the beginning of, of Mishnah Torah and Hilchus Yisrael, the Atayra, the Rambam adopts this concept of God, meaning this idea of God being what well, we have, the omnipotent, and all those fancy words that you know that they describe of God, which basically means that God doesn't have loyguf, loytmuskuf, he doesn't have a body, he doesn't have any characteristics, he doesn't have anything. The way the philosophers saw God is this complete... Um, removed from any definition essence. That's what God is. Now, as a result of that, philosophy, Aristotle, Plato, whatever, the philosophers came up with the idea that if that's the case, God really doesn't care about anything of creation. Creation is not God's concern. It's not God's creation. The world didn't come into existence from God. The world's existence happened through a certain radiation of God's intellect. 
That's the way they explained it. That through God's intellect, there is a radiation of God that manifested this concept of... There's the manifestation of this idea of a God, of a world, of a physicality, etc., etc., etc. That was sort of the concept. I'm obviously not explaining this in full depth because I'm not interested in getting into their theories, but that was basically the idea. So what came out as a result of that is that the physical being, or in the terms of Chassidus, the Nivra, the created existence, and God absolutely have no connection whatsoever. God doesn't know about it, God doesn't care about it, the idea of Ashkocha Pratis doesn't make any sense. Once you say God cares about anything, that automatically means it's not God, it's limiting God. This is the philosophical understanding of God. If that's the case, then obviously it throws out the window of religion. It throws out the, this whole idea of doing anything for a God, because God can't care, God can't have any relationship with you because by definition God has to be an essence that is undefinable. That's also limiting God. Hold on. That's a isn't that the whole issue with the Ramam? Is that he said who am I the way Oh, we're gonna get that in a second. That's exactly what we're gonna get to. So now so so the problem is so now as a result there's a number of consequences. Number one, if God is perfect in his perfection, he can't care about another as a creation because that means that then he's not perfect. Why does it mean he's not perfect? Because man changes, creation changes. If creation and man changes, that means God has to change. God has to change based on man's change, right? If I, let's say, become a different type of person, I act differently, all of a sudden you're going to change. You're going to react to me differently based on my changes. That means it was a change in you based on change on me. But if God is the ultimate perfection, it's not possible to say that there could be a change in God. The same thing is with davening. We say if we dive into God, we create a new will in God. That means you're changing God. That's not God. God can't change. This is primarily the philosophical issue with God or religion. The idea of prayer, the idea of religion in general, this whole concept of God does not make sense from the philosophical point of view. Comes along, comes along the Rambam, and the Rambam has to deal with this problem. How does the Rambam deal with this problem? Because he's a religious person. He believes that God does care. He believes that God did dictate a set of religious principles. So how do you answer this, this philosophical question? Right? What? The Rambam, the Rambam was predominantly a philosopher. He was predominantly a philosophical-minded individual. So he worked with philosophy and he worked with philosophical notions. So how are you going to explain philosophically that God cares, that there's a relationship? So the, yeah. So the Rambam, in the beginning of Mishnah Torah, introduces a concept, as the Al-Turabi here quotes, that the Rambam says that the, God is who Hamado, now, what does those three words mean? So let's just take a very basic example. There's the person. There is the person's capacity to understand. And then there's the knowledge. Right? That makes sense? So there's three, there's three entities. There's the person. There's the person's ability to comprehend. And then there's the person's, uh, then there's the person actually taking information and trying to understand it, which creates knowledge. All three things by all of us are separate. Number one, straightforward, the information is separate, right? The knowledge, we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing, right? As we grow, we gain more knowledge, more experience, we become more knowledgeable. And therefore, this knowledge becomes what's called 
an actus morkevis. It becomes a conjoined type of unity with us. We feel part of it. Our experiences make us feel so part of this that we don't see ourselves any, in any other way. But it's not really our true essence. The experiences that we have, the intellectual understandings that we have, are not really part of who we are. They're not ba'achtus pshuta. They're not, they're not, they're not, on, this, they're not on, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a intrinsic level of unity. Does it make sense to people? Understand what I'm saying? Now, let's take the, the ability to understand. Chassidus, this ability to understand is known as the koyach hamaskil. The koyach hamaskil is that part of the person's mental faculty that has the capability of grasping intellectual ideas. That's marba also? Or? What? <coughs> That's yidua. That's yidua. The ability to know. The ability to know is the koyach hamaskil. Now this ability to know of the koyach hamaskil this idea, this idea is that, is that we have, we have our, we have our, we have our essence. We've been speaking about this quite a bit. We have our essence. And then we have the way the essence has certain faculties, certain abilities through which it could sort of express itself. It sort of defines itself. If we gave, we gave an example in one of the classes, if you would have an infinitely long white paper. So you need lines to be able to create definition. So we have lines. Those are our, our, our intellectual faculties, our emotional faculties. Our intellectual faculties, though, are based on an even deeper state called the Koya Hamaskal. A Koya Hamaskal is the state of where we could have even the capacity, the ability to even comprehend intellectual ideas. That means the faculties of Chochmah bin and Da'az, is already the tools to take in information and understand information. That's the faculties of Chochmah Bina and Das. But the faculty, the ability to even understand anything stems from the Koyach HaMaskil. But even the Koyach HaMaskil is not really me. The Koyach HaMaskil is merely a tool that my, my essence uses in order to ex express itself. It's like drawing the, the, the black lines on the white piece of paper. It's not really mine. It's deeper than the subconscious. It's so the it's unconscious. Like your, your it's not your pure self. It's after your pure self, it's the unconscious state of self is the Koyach HaMaskal. It's like the switch, kind of. It's, I don't, know what, I don't know what you mean by the switch, like but... That, like it's the controller to your... Right, yes, right, it moves right, correct. Now the Koyach HaMaskal, everybody has equally. That's why everybody, if they work on themselves enough, could become a very big maskal could become a very smart man because the koyach maskal is equal. Koyach maskal is infinite. It's not limited. The problem is a lot of people don't bother training their koyach maskal and therefore they don't, not train, they don't allow the koyach maskal to work. So therefore they don't think and they don't analyze, they don't use their brain. Anyway, but the, even the koyach maskal is something separate from the person themselves. So you have these three things. You have the person, you have his ability to understand, and you have what he understands. So now every time we gain information, how close is that information really part of us? Separate. What? Separate. It's separate from us. It's not really me. So every situation that happens, right now what's going on is creating a change in me. There's a, there's a, whole, there's a whole new time itself creates change, and every second of, the, of a person's day there's change, but deeper yet, every deeper, e each point of information is a new information creates new change in the person. So there's a constant change. If we would say for God that he has the same three levels like we have it, what would we be forced to say? 
that God knows about us and the information he attains about us would create a change in him, right? So what does the Rambam say? The Rambam says that by God, these three things are all one. There's absolutely no differentiation between these three things. By God, it, the information is... No. So that's why the Rambam then goes on to say, this is something that's not possible to comprehend. So why don't we just say by the first one, it's not either possible to comprehend? No, because there's two different ways of saying you can't comprehend. There's one way of saying you can't comprehend means that you don't even bother trying to understand what you can't comprehend. And then there's a way of not comp of comprehending is by going through a logical, reasonable understanding of what you can't comprehend. In other words, there's such a thing called derech hashlila. In other words, when you try to work on something, till you come to the point you realize God is not this. I don't know for sure what he is, but I know he's not this. That's trying to use your reasoning, your logic, as much as you could to understand understand what you don't understand. Versus say just God, saying, can't say God is not this because that's the we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. Okay? It's a process so, of elimination without ever coming to a conclusion. Right, that's Kayach HaShlilo. That's Sayyach But the point is, so the Rambam, the Rambam, the way the Rambam made religion being meaningful is the way the Rambam fused together these, these, these ideas by saying God does know what's going on. God has the capacity to know what's going on but they're not separate from him. They don't take away from his perfection. They don't take away from his, 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 his infinity. It doesn't take away from his, it doesn't change him because this is all part of him. We don't exist as external factors from him. We exist as part of God. Now this is not something we could comprehend because we don't live in that reality. In our conscious reality, in our conscious state, the way we look at the world, we look at the world as seeing three distinct things. So we can't comprehend this. But the Rambam says that's what goes on in God's mind. That's what happens by God. If this is true, we've answered a very big question. What's the answer? We've answered how is it possible seemingly for there to be a relationship between man and God? The answer is, is because man is a part in God. Because man is just another bit of information. So you don't right? have a relation with your... You don't have to, no, then you have to forge the relationship. In other words, we have to make conscious that relationship. That's another whole chalik of this part. But does it go on the relation? It's, it's, it's not, we're intrinsically happy. When you meet, when a person meets their wife, right, when they get married and they meet their wife, they're not, they didn't build a relationship, they discovered the relationship. You understand? Two different entities, they're two different No, they're not. They're really essentially one. So till you meet the right one, you don't, you, you're trying to build a relationship with someone else. But once you meet the right one, and it's really the right one, you didn't meet someone and become connected to them, you've discovered your other half, quite literally, because you're always were connected. I gave a whole class on this idea. That you, on a real relationship level, on an essential level, you, never, you can't build a relationship on an essential level, because essence is dry. Essence has nothing to it. Relationship building is based on excitement, anticipation. Right? You go out and date, the person's exciting, the person's interesting, you meet someone new for the first time, external looks make a difference to you. All of these types of things become a major idea for you, right? But that's because it's not, that's not essence, that's giluyim, that's not, that's not. Once you actually get married, the main act of the living together, the action of being married together is cold, dry essence, right? 
So you'll, so you'll hear therapists or, 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 or marriage counselors say you have to keep the flame of passion alive in a relationship. Why? Because the reality is they want you to stay in the world of Giluim. Because we want, we get excited by Giluim. We get excited by the externals, right? We like, you know, always knowing something about the other person that we didn't know before. So you'll sit with your wife and you're like, tell me something you never told me before, right? That will, that will kindle the flame of excitement, anticipation, suspense. That's not the essence. You can't build a relationship on essence. In essence, either you're there or you're not there. So granted, we're already there. Problem is the Rambam is dealing with this philosophically. And the Rambam is defining God as having a knowledge, being the knower, having knowledge and all that. The morale takes massive issue. The morale of Prague in the Sefer Guru Hashem takes massive issue with the Rambam. And he criticizes the Rambam. He says, how could you give any definition to God? God is completely removed from any definition. Once you say God has knowledge or God is the knower, you're already saying he has a definition. That's not essence anymore. It doesn't make any sense. So the morale takes the task, the Rambam on his explanation, Hu Amado Asetra, Hu Yideya. What the Alter Rebbe does, primarily in this Haigah, in this marginal note, is he reconciles the Shittas Harambam with Kabbalah, and based on the principles that Kabbalah instituted, we could actually make sense of this whole idea. But more importantly, we're not going to have time for today to actually go through this footnote, this, 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 this note over here. We'll do it tomorrow. But I just want to at least maybe entice a little bit of what, the, what it's going to be focused on. It's going to help us understand why prayer makes a difference to God. Why is it that we have a connection to God? What is the Hasidic perspective, the Kabbalah Hasidic perspective of why is it that there is a relationship between man and God, between creation and creator? And the fundamental idea is, is understanding the difference between Ur versus Shefa, Kalim and Simsum. And when you understand that concept, you understand the difference between God and godliness, when you understand that idea, that brings together all of these things and it makes a lot of sense. And what the, Re- the Chiddush of the Alter Rebbe is that he, he, he infuses within the Rambam this idea of Kabbalah. Meaning he takes the Rambam's idea of Huamata and he says the Rambam is correct, based on the principles of Kabbalah. Meaning, if you just purely take the Rambam pure philosophically, like the Maral is doing, he says it makes no sense. But if you merge it with Kabbalah, and those who say the Rambam never learned Kabbalah, whatever, that's a different story, but the, Ram, the Al-Trebbe here says the Rambam is correct based on the principles of Kabbalah. We'll have to talk tomorrow. Again, there's a lot more to talk about over here, but that, that essentially is the concept of, 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 of what the Al-Trebbe is trying to explain, because he's really trying to say that when we originate in the Chochmah of God, Chochmah of God doesn't mean that we originate in some lower level of God's consciousness, because then that's not God's essence. But if you explain it based on the Rambam, and you say that God, there is no separation between God, the essence, and anything, anything else, even in his essence he has all of these things, which we'll have to explain how that's possible. How does that, how does that make sense, right? But when we explain what that makes sense, then we can understand that we originate within God's essence, we are a part of God's essence, and there's no contradiction to the fact that we're a creation as well. That means there's no contradiction between being a creation and yet being part of a creator, meaning having the powers of creator. And this concept is the most fundamental, because at the end of the day, when we're going to say that we're jo- our job, we're tasked with the job of making a dir of Tachtainim, what that essentially means is revealing our essence, which by default reveals God's essence, which reveals the Yerbetach But how could you reveal God's essence if you're not connected to God's essence? If everything is purely essence, then how is Klippas, how is Shalosh Klippas Oh, very good. We'll explain that also, Mitzvah Shem. 
Atkan for today, Mitzvah Shem tomorrow, we'll have to get into this uh, Haigah. But this is more like the introduction to what the Haigah is going to be talking about.